this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Good morning and welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministries. Wow. We're here again, you guys, and we're here just celebrating the things that God is constantly doing on the inside of us. I definitely see that there's a shifting, there's a change um, that is definitely coming forward, and I'm hopefully you guys are shifting alongside of me, and you're definitely feeling the move of God come forward as he can begin to take us into the place that he's desiring that each and every one of us walk. You know... I laugh because every time I come to a place, you know, I think I just get to rest and just sit back and enjoy the things of God. But today he said, get up, I want you to walk. You know, so time I pulled into the location, he said, I want you to go for a walk. And I went for a walk, assuming he was going to talk to me. But I found myself just walking. But coming back to the place, He then began to speak to me and told me where I was going in the book. And so we're in 2 Kings and we're in chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. But before we get there, I just ask even now that the presence of God reside within this place. Not only in this place, but in your heart, in your mind, in your body and let it consume every aspect of you. I ask that his word be life to you. And ever so go forward to change every circumstance. I pray that you yield to his will. And that you cease from making everything complicated but know that we serve a mighty but a simple God. Yes. He is for us. Amen. Oh, he is for us. Yes. And even today, as we come to receive of his word, I ask even now that every heart be open to understand your message, Lord, this day. And they begin to look at things from a different viewpoint than where they have been looking at it before this message. Lord, I pray that each one is blessed and they see things in according to your will. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So... The way we're going to do this, we're going to read it all the way to the end, and then we're going to come back and we're going to read it one more time to make absolutely sure that we not only hear it, but we understand the things that God is saying to us. So let's go ahead and get started, and then we will read it a second time, and I'll break down what he showed me. Second Kings 5, verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. 
He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who was in Samariah, Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord, Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, you know that I have sent to you, Naaman my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with the horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farfar, far, 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 the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? He has actually said to you, Wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. 15. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and he came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, so accept now a present from your servant. That was a lot, right? But hopefully you guys can see where he's going. And so as I began to look at this particular passage, I was saying, okay, Lord, what is it that you're trying to say to us? So we start off with a letter going to, uh, let's back up. We start off with a little girl that has been taken in a battle. And this little girl knows that the man of God is able to heal her new master. And so she speaks of this to the servants within the household. And the servants in the household then turns around and tells the man of God, I mean, tells the mighty man of God, which is the soldier, uh, Naaman. And as I was looking at that, I said, wait a minute, this is a little person out of nowhere that's coming and speaking to someone of authority. And a lot of times, we talked about this on Friday, you know, how sometimes some of us are afraid to speak to those in authority because we think that we're less than or they are more than us. And so I began to look at that first and I said, wow, Lord, this little girl, she raises her voice and basically tells this mighty man of what healing he can receive just by coming into the place of 
really understanding what the king has for him. And so I looked at that and I said, okay, Lord, what are you saying to us? He said, your focus is always on the bigger things. And they're not necessarily recognizing how I move in small places. This is a little girl, you guys, it's a little girl. And then as we begin to go forward in this particular message, as I begin to look at the story, the Lord then shows me how he goes and the first thing this king recognized, number one, he doesn't have the power to even begin to heal. So when he gets the letter, he automatically goes into his mindset, which we do, and we start assuming the worst. And so he began to assume the worst. So he's assuming everything that's negative. <laughs> and a lot of times when we hear something that God wants to do for us, we assume the negative. And the reason why we assume the negative because we always think that God's not pleased with us. Mm -hmm. Or we have to do something extra in order for God to move and we don't know what that extra is going to look like. So we automatically in that place of worry distress or we're in that place of concern right. and, and again God says I'm simple and then as I begin to look at that and begin to really pay attention to that he said no I want you to continue to go on and pay attention to the story he said but the man of God hears the story after the king rents its clothes and he really knows exactly what to do and so he takes the letter, invites the gentleman to come into the place where he's at and to receive healing. But then this guy, soldier, still looks at the situation, and I love this because this is us. We look at the situation, we come forth, okay, with that excitement and with great expectations. And we think firecrackers are going to go off and all these great things are going to happen and all this other stuff is going to happen when the healing comes forward. But again, God is simple. God's not going to do something great that you're going to be afraid of. And he reminds me of a time where I was in my prayer closet and I crack up laughing. Now I'm praying, praying, asking to see the presence of God. You know, and I'm praying diligently, getting up, running into this closet every single morning in excitement, waiting to see the presence of God. And then all of a sudden I see this fog comes in on the bottom of my bedroom floor and it began to look like it was taking over my legs and stuff. So I get up, I run out of the room, and for two or three days I wouldn't go back in that closet. <laughs> And the main reason I didn't go back in the closet because I was scared. I was afraid. I didn't know what was in there and I didn't know what I summoned. I thought I summoned some kind of demon spirit or whatever the case may be and whatever it was, it wasn't going to get me. <laughs> and so in that place, I had high expectations for God to show up. But when he came in a way that I didn't expect, I couldn't receive him. Right. And that's with all of us. We have high expectation, but when he comes in a way that we don't expect, we can't receive him. Or he asked us to do something that we least expect. In that place, we can't be ourselves. 
And God is so simple. He is so simple. And he's not going to do something great that's way off the, the, the box of which you're looking at because he knows you're not going to do it. So he's going to do the simple things in order for you to understand that he's real. And so we got to get out of this place where we have these great expectations that the heaven's going to open. Christ is going to come down out of this ladder. A host of angels are going to come following him. And they're going to be like, oh, my servant, here, you're going to fall to the ground. You're going to worship him with everything on the inside of you. And then you're going to say, yes, Lord. And everything's going to change in two seconds flat because that's the way you perceive it in your imagination. And the Lord says, that's not how I do things. And, and, and many of us think that's the way God does things. That everything going to stop. And everything is going to be even like Elijah. I'm like, Lord, when I get to the ocean, I want to see that it divides for me. I want to see that it pops open and that this and that and this one. And I walk straight across on the other side because you know I can't swim. <laughs> and then the Lord said, I would never send you to the ocean because I know you can't swim. He said, I know you will never go into the water because you're afraid of it. So why would I send something great your way that would cause you great distress? And many of us look for him to cause us great distress. And not realizing he used a little girl, a little girl, you guys, to talk to this mighty soldier who had just won this great battle and he Use this little girl's words to talk to this guy to bring him into a place of healing and in return cause the king to rent his clothes out of fear. Because the king recognized, oh my God, there's about to be a war. And I'm sure he heard that this gentleman was mighty in battle. So the first thing he thinks in his mind is the worst. And that's what we do. Oh, oh my God. Something's going to happen. And we think the worst. And God is saying, I want you to begin to think the very best. Amen. But I want you to get out of this <laughs> elevated way of thinking and begin to get into the normal way you think. Okay? The normal way we think. Okay? I'll never forget. <laughs> this is so simple. Because as I was looking at this message... One day I wanted a donut, and I think I tell you guys, I really wanted a donut that day. I don't like donuts, but I wanted a donut that day. And I had a certain type of donut I wanted, you know, with the sprinkles on the top. It had to be pink with the sprinkles and all of this because that's the donut I like. I don't like the chocolate. I like the simple donuts. And I remember coming in the work and uh, looking around, and there was no donut day. Because, you know, Jobs have donut day all the time. And so that just made me stop eating donuts because Jobs had donut day. But this day I really wanted a donut. And then somebody came in with a package of donuts, you know, like a two or three, about two or three and about one extra one, and said, hey, uh, would you like a donut? I declined it. Because it wasn't the box of donuts. Do you understand what I'm saying? It didn't have the sprinkle. I didn't get to pick from it and find my favorite one or whatever the case may be. And the person asked me, do you want this donut? And I said, no. 
And then I sat back down at my desk and the Lord said to me, so what I offer you, you're not going to take because it didn't come in the big box. It didn't have the sprinkles on it. It didn't have everything you wanted, but yet it was a donut offered to you. Wow. Oh my God, Lord. It's not what I want. It's not in the package I want. It, it wasn't delivered the way I expected. So therefore, I can't eat it. And then I could see the donut sitting on the other person's desk all that time. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and then the person said, you sure you don't want this donut? And they were eating it. No, I don't want the donut. Because it wasn't the donut I wanted. And then finally, I mustered up enough energy to say, okay, give me the donut. Okay? And when I ate that donut, it satisfied everything that I desired. But again, it wasn't the sprinkles. Didn't have the, the beautiful pink color on it that has it that I, you know, eat around and whatever the case may be. But it was something that he provided. And I remember going home and saying, my God gave me a donut. My God gave me a donut. I was thrilled. But I rejected my Lord's hand first because it didn't come the way I expected. And so as you begin to continue to look at this story, now the soldier really wants to be healed. He sends what? Money, right? And he sends everything that he can possibly think of in order to get his healing. So he thought he had to purchase it. Okay, just lost it. Thought he had to purchase it. So in that place where he thought he had to purchase it, I, I make you laugh because he's in that place where he's like, oh, well this gold, the silver, all this stuff is what's going to bring forth my healing. But instead, the man of God provides for him by literally giving him the most simple instructions ever. And, and it's so simple. He says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and you will be healed. If that was given to me, you know what I would have done? Oh, I would have overthought that. I would have looked at that and I would have even said, where's the Jordan, Lord? Because I don't even know where the Jordan's at. Okay, so you couldn't be talking to me. Okay. <laughs> And seven times, I would have, if I had to dip seven times, I would have been like, uh, okay, that's one. I didn't dip, I didn't dip, I didn't dip far enough, so let me start over. Well, maybe that's not one. Well, let me dip again. Well, let me dip again. Well, maybe that wasn't the right time. Well, he didn't say dip my head, dip my face, so maybe let me put my whole body in here and try to figure it out. And, and it could have been just a finger that he had to dip, just part of whatever the case may be. But in that, I would have had, I would have had some issues with, you know, how to dip. I wouldn't have been able to follow the instructions because a lot of times when the Lord gives me instructions today, I can't follow it. I remember when he literally said to me, I'm going to give you a new house. And he said, I want you to go up the street and I want you to look at this particular home. Well, I went up the street and looked at the particular home every single week. I thought that was going to be the home. And I stared at the house, even went to the house to whereby, I'm sure the neighbors after a while said, there go that lady again walking past our house. There go that lady again driving by our house. I don't know why she's always in front of our house. I thought, what was going to give me their house? 
And I spent my time focused on something else. And for years, I would get the kids in the car, I would drive to this particular place, and the kids thought they were going on a field trip, and it was just to the same house. Then we would get there, I would look at it, I would stare at it, I would pray over it and everything. But the house never came forward. And then I recognized God was trying to do something different in me. He was trying to tell me, Look at the house as far as the means of what it looks like, not the house itself. Because my mind was focused on the house itself. And then as I began to look at the size of the house, and I said, okay, Lord, then I'm going to follow your instructions. And as I began to follow your instructions, I began to, you know, go forward and look at a house like that. Then he sent me a word that was crazy. And the word just didn't make sense to me because the word was something so simple. Uh, I went with somebody to look at model homes. And when I went with the person to look at model homes, I was walking through the house. And as I was walking through the particular house, the lady gave me one of the brochures of a house. And when I looked at the dollar figure on the house, I said, oh, you need to put this down. I said, no, I need to walk out of this place because I can't afford anything under $300,000, okay? If it's under $300,000, I can't afford it. So I literally put the flyer down and told the person, I'll meet you outside. <laughs> and I stood outside till they came out because in my mind, I could not see God's provision greater than where I was. And fear hit me. And I remember him saying to me, 500. I'm not going to buy something at 500,000. That's crazy. My house that I bought was 186,000 and it was satisfying, okay? <laughs> and so 300, that's doubling the amount, Lord. I could do that. And then the Lord said 500. And in my mind, I said, I can't do 500, Lord. I said, in my mind, I don't have the means. It's scary. It's beyond what I can afford. And I'm not going to do something and then bring something forward. And then I look like a fool in front of the people and my family, mainly my family. And I said, Lord, I just don't do that. And I said, and I don't live above my means. And I don't try to be somebody that I'm not. And he said, but still, I'm saying 500,000. 500, and I said, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm cool with 500. But when I got in the car and as I was driving home, he said, but I'm going to change that 500 to a million. And at that part, I did this. <laughs> oh, no, Lord. A million dollars is much greater than... 25 cents that I used to pick up off the street, Lord, and I know I can't afford that. And I began to talk to him about my mindset of how I see things and not only how I see things. And he says, I'm going to change what you believe for by changing how I'm doing things in your life. And in that place where I begin to freak out, the Lord began to continue to speak to my heart and literally say, I can do all things. Do you believe me? Yes. And I said, yes, Lord, I believe. 
And even though I didn't buy the house for, you know, the million dollars, you know, I can truly say that God has blessed that home. But it literally took me out of the place where he grew my understanding of how he sees things and versus how I see things. Because I'm always in that place of what I can't do. And the Lord says what he can't do. And so then when you begin to look at this gentleman to bring you back to the story, he's looking at what is more valuable to him. He's saying, wait a minute, Jordan River, he's literally saying it probably looked like Los Angeles River. <laughs> and he's like, it's dirty. You can't see through it, okay? I don't know when I step in it. I don't know what's going to come out of it, okay? And... If I'm already struggling with leprosy, you know, I don't need something else upon me at this particular time. So no way am I going to jump in that particular water because I may have some other kind of problems. And that's us, right? No way I'm going to jump in something dirty because I may have some other kind of problems. Oh, no, no, no. And so he then offers up, well, why couldn't it be this river? Why couldn't it be there? Why couldn't it be this? Because it's much cleaner, much better. So he's telling the Lord something different. And that's what we do. We tell the Lord. The Lord says, go over here and help these people. He said, no, no, no. Lord, these people over here are better. They're much easier to handle. They're much simpler to deal with. And not the people that are right here because they're, you know, it don't make no sense. They don't look like they need help. And so... He then turns around, but again, the servant speaks, and in this particular place, the servant spoke something simple. He said, if the Lord would have told you something different, would it not be easier to do? And that's what God says. Would it not be easier to do the simplest things that I told you? He told him to go to something simple. The other one must have been a little bit further away, must have been had to go through something to get to it, but he took him to something simple, and God takes us to simple things, but we have this big mindset that we think we're going to get this great word, great revelation that's going to floor us, and like I said, heaven's open, Jesus is going to come down out of the ladder, he's going to turn around and have a conversation with you, and you're going to be jumping up and down, having this joyful thing, and you're going to be bawling, and you're going to invite your whole family in, and I'm going to invite your whole family in, and you're going to say, Jesus is in my house, come and see him, okay? That's not how it's going to happen. But he literally said to me, as simple as this, and this is a simple message to you guys, How do I get you to do the things that I called you to do when you're always trying to go somewhere else? He said, you have so much in your own space that you could do for me, but you're always trying to go everywhere else. You're trying to help everybody, but not the people within your space. He said, you're quick to look, to go over here and to go over there, but what I need you to do is to start where you're at. And I want you to start with the little things. He said, maybe it's that donut that that person needs. 
Maybe it's something simple that that person requires of you. All I want you to do is to take the little steps to do the little things first. He said, as you begin to move in the little things, then I will add to you in the little things. And he says, and I will cause it to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he said, because I have to open you up to the bigger things. I can't just push you into the bigger things. I have to grow your faith in order for you to get to the greater things. Mm -hmm. He said, but I can't grow your faith if you're always looking at the bigger. Mm -hmm. I want to grow your faith in the little things so that when the big things come, Mm -hmm. you'll know how to move. Amen. Do you guys get that? When the big things come, you know how to move. Because if something big come down, we're going to be like, oh, no, Lord, I can't do that. Oh, no, Lord, this is not what I signed up for. No, this is not it. And so he says, I'm going to start with the little things. And the little thing may be, go take out your neighbor's trash. You know they're not home. You know, you know they leave their uh, gate open. Go over there and take out the trash. The little thing may be, hey, pay for somebody's coffee behind you. Yes. That's the little things. Okay? Take care of the little things that you know to do. It's the little things that matters. And that's what the Lord is asking. Doing the little things. You know, it's so funny. Yesterday I was at a restaurant. And a gentleman came out of the man's restroom and he had a phone in his hand and he had a paper towel with the phone in his hand and I you know and he was walking around the restaurant trying to figure out who left the phone in the bathroom and I remember looking trying to figure out who left the phone too you know and and then I had to stop to think well they had a man's bathroom and they had a woman's bathroom, so it wasn't in the women's bathroom, but so it had to be in the man. And the person had the little paper towel and they were holding the phone, you know, in the paper towel and going to every table trying to figure out who phone is. Then finally somebody looks and says, Oh, I know who phone it is, and starts laughing and took the phone up to the front. But then I watched everybody at the table as they watched this African-American man not take the phone. Mm -hmm. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. They looked as if he was going to take the phone and they were floored that he didn't. Mm -hmm. And that he walked throughout this restaurant trying to find the owner. Mm -hmm. And even though it was a small gesture, it hit everybody in that room. Because the person diligently sought to find the person. And even though the person whose phone it was, that phone was in the bathroom for over two hours or more. And nobody decided to pick it up and bring it. But little simple things is where God wants to start with you. Amen. So the little simple things. You know, I love how, you know, Everybody wants to make these great movies, but they haven't made the little ones first. <laughs> they got to make the little things first. And as you begin to be skilled in the little things, then the bigger things come. 
And then I love how, you know, I was talking to this, this movie critic, and I asked him one day what was his secret. He said, when you know that a movie is good to you, all your audience will know. Mm-hmm. If you're in the place where you're criticizing your own work, he said you'll never get to the place where you'll be satisfied. But when you stop criticizing, you say, wow, I did this. Mm-hmm. It's great. He said, wow. everything else you do will be great. But he wow. used that as a way of telling me. It wasn't about a movie with him. He said, when I start serving people, when I did great things for others, it satisfied me. And I knew that I was doing the right thing for everybody. And so it's so important that we hear what he's saying to us today. It's the little things. He's not going to like give you something greater than a donut, okay? Because you can't handle something greater than a donut, okay? Yeah. And there's many times where God literally, you say, Lord, you know, I don't have lunch money today. And then somebody comes and offers to buy you lunch, and the first thing you do is decline them, right? Yeah, no, you ain't buying me lunch. Because you'll look at the person and look like they can't buy their own self lunch. And so you don't want to take their last money. And so in that place, you turn around and you say, no, uh, I'll starve. But you don't tell them I'll starve. You just say, no, thank you. But God is literally saying, hey, I sent that one over here to help you, and you rejected my hand. And then you're still over there looking, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm hungry. He says, I provided a way, but you didn't want the way that I provided. And that's what we are constantly looking for, something greater. And God is saying, you, you can't handle greatness. And so if you hear the story and really understand it, I'm going to have the reader to read it just one more time. You should hear it, and you could hear everything that's going on. So take the time and listen to what I've shared because in the same place I shared, you can see yourself. All the way through? Yes. 2 Kings 5. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor because by him the Lord had given him victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my lord with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord, Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. 
Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and he came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, so accept now a present from your servant. And so this time as you heard it, if you noticed, he never kept set the offering. And if you continue to read throughout the scriptures, you can see that Elijah never set the reward for the healing because he knew that he wasn't the one that healed. But the Lord said to me, as he was reading it the second time, the Lord literally said to me, he said, can they find me in you? Elijah said something most important. Send the man to me, that they may know that there is a prophet in the land. And as the Lord was speaking to me, he literally said to me, can I use you to let them know that there's a prophet in the land? Can I use you this day to let my people know that I exist and I'm alive and I'm working through you? He told me to ask you again. He said, can I use you? Yes, Lord. And if you say that I can use you, will you be open to the way in which I wish to move through you? Yes, Lord. And when we're saying, yes, we'll be open, that means I can't have this big idea of how God's supposed to move. I'm supposed to be in that place where I trust in God, no matter how he chooses to move through me, okay? Whether he may literally say, go pick up this or go do this or go over there and knock on your neighbor's door, you're not going to be in that place where you're second guessing. You're going to be in that place where you're surrendered and ready to flow. He said, now ask them this. He said, will you share the things I desire to place on the inside of you? And then he said, and will you be open to the things in which I desire to do through you? And as he began to say this to me, to say to you, I know we gotta stand because I've been hearing it for a while. I've been trying to ignore it. <laughs> he said it's not about what you have. It's not about who you know. It's not about what you can and cannot do. He said, it's about you trusting me. It's about you listening at clearly to me. 
as I move through you. It's also about you being willing to do things that may not be pleasing to you. And so today, if you're saying yes to me, And he says, with your hands lifted and your eyes closed and your head bowed toward me. Well, your head bowed, not toward him, but your head bowed. He said, truly, in this place, surrender. Wow. And, 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 even as you surrender, he literally showed me, it's like some of you even working in your own jobs, okay? Some of you doing some of the things that you already are skilled and crafted to do. He said, will you just trust me with what I wanna do through you? Will you will just trust me with the things that I desire to move in in order that my people may know that I am alive and real in you. He said, would you just trust me? And he says, in this place where you're surrendered right now, allow my will to go forward. Allow my plans to begin to move through you as you surrender. And for those of you who are online, the Lord said, right where you're at, I'll meet you. Not only right where you're at, I'll meet you, I'll bring you into the place that I am calling for. He says, and for those of you who are present, I ask that you take the time to cry out to me and to hear the things that I desire to speak to you even now. And so I'm going to close out what's on the internet so that I can begin to move in the place here for those who are in need of a little bit more than what I can offer somebody online. I'll say it that way. And so even now for that new believer, I ask that God becomes real and plain to you. And I always say this to the new believer because I love it. And, and I don't know, most people don't realize that. When you're that new believer, you know, God just does things just for you, just to show you that he's real. And, and I always say, take your freebies because your freebies are the best thing yet because it, it becomes so exciting and, and truly gets you to that place where you really recognize that, oh my God, he's alive, he's real, he speaks, he talks, he, he moves. I mean, there's so many things that God does for the new believer to keep them connected to him. And so if you're a new believer, I just say to you, start asking God for the things in which you're really challenged by and watch how he moves for you. I didn't say go and say, get this house, get this. Ask him for the things that you're challenged by 
and he will move for you in these particular areas. Trust him even as you ask him for these things. And so even with that, let me help you by basically making sure that you get to that place of relationship. Father God, as simple as this, I choose you. That's it. You don't have to say anything else. I choose you, Lord. And in that place where you've said, because you've chosen your Lord, now welcome him into every area of your life by literally saying, Lord, take a hold of me. Have your way. Simple as that. And if you said these two things, then welcome to the kingdom. That's how easy it is. You know, I used to sit back and think I had to repent and ask for forgiveness all the time and all of this stuff. And I found myself never in that place where I felt like I was good enough to receive God because it felt like I always had to pray again, ask for forgiveness. I'm telling you, he heard you when you first asked for forgiveness. And in that place where he, you asked for forgiveness, now let's move to the next phase of your relationship. And that's really, let's begin to trust him, begin to honor him by literally surrendering your life to him. And you've already done that. And now that you surrender, I said, just start asking him. Remove this from me. Remove that from me. And watch what he does. And so if you're that new believer, again, I welcome you to the kingdom. If you're a member of Top Quality Faith Ministries or you're listening in, I ask that you go back, read, read the scriptures one more time, and ask God to begin to speak to you in the areas where you're desiring to hear from him and to really move to that next level of whatever he has for you. And my prayer is as simple as this. I've always followed the Holy Spirit in closing out, and I say, Holy Spirit, what is the perfect prayer to pray for those that are listening on? And I pray even now that you're not moved by your circumstance. That you allow God to move through you. And that you're open to the simple things. And the simple things that you are open to. I pray that God does mighty works in your space. I pray that you begin to rise every day and have an expectancy of your Lord to overflow in your life. And not only that he overflows, but he does simple things. Not only for you, but those around you. And I pray that you're blessed in all your endeavors from this day forward in Christ Jesus' name. I say see you soon, Top Quality Faith Ministries. And God bless you. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.